everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. Sharissa and I are so excited to be um, picking the brain of someone who is an insurance guru in my personal practice, the Spodak Dental Group. Um, I have worked with Ashley now for about seven years. And Ashley, how long have you been with our practice? Uh, with Spodak Dental, nine yeah. years going on. Us. She's So she's been, she's been around here. She knows what she's doing and she's kind of I'll let her tell everyone about her own transformational experience, how she kind of got into dentistry and is in the, the place, the unique position that she is in now with one of our specialists. But she is um, basically a guru on all things insurance, all things treatment presenting, you know, big numbers, small numbers, financing. She just knows the ins and outs of all the things that are kind of like my least favorite thing. So I, I go to her quite a lot for help during the day. So we're really, really thankful to have her here. It's an honor and a privilege for us. And I think that what we're going to talk about today uh, with Ashley is going to be really, really helpful and give us a lot of insight into how we can better explain to our patients about their insurance benefits, the limitations, the pros, the cons, what they actually mean, not over-promising and under-delivering, giving them realistic expectations um, while maintaining their rapport, friendship, happiness and understanding the value of the treatment that they actually need aside, you know, separate from what their, their insurance may or may not cover. So uh, first, you know, welcome Ash and thanks for being here with us. Hi guys. Thank you so much for having me. I actually really appreciate you guys taking the time to have me join your podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, can you tell us I a little bit about, yeah, about your background and your personal history, kind of how you came into dentistry? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I have been in dentistry since uh, 2001. Uh, Started out as a dental assistant, went to school, um, and just really dove into all things dental assisting. Um, Learned every aspect uh, that I could learn with dental assisting, even down to lab work. Um, Really got into loving educating patients and having that consultation time with patients, getting them to understand treatment. Um, At some point, I realized that I had a a really good understanding of connecting with people. uh, And I ended up just becoming just naturally gravitating towards a treatment coordinator role. Uh, And that's where I have been uh, in dentistry for the past 12 years, uh, pretty much a full-time treatment coordinator. I love what I do. I love conversations with patients. Um, I love the camaraderie that I have with doctors and hygienists uh, and assistants that we have specifically in our office. Um, And uh, I'm here today just to kind of see if I can shed some light on insurance. It's kind of like the bane of everyone's existence and dental. Um, Patients believe that, you know, it's this great benefit. And uh, depending on your patient population in your practice, um, 
depending on, you know, how, how the health of your practice is, is it really healthy with insurance driven patients or are you more fee for service? There's a lot of ways that you can um, navigate conversations with patients to keep that value, mm-hmm. um, but get them to also commit to treatment and understand, just understanding how to better communicate with patients. So they didn't get stuck on the insurance numbers. They, they understand the value and we're talking about treatment and just how we can help them. I love it. And I love how even just in the few things that you just said, how you separate the value of the treatment that the patient actually needs. And on the other end is an insurance benefit or a partial insurance coverage. So it's not like it's even in the same ballpark, you know, and I think one of the mistakes that we make as providers sometimes is treatment planning according to what the insurance will cover or treatment planning according to insurance frequencies. When we know, like when I do my assessment and I have all my diagnostics and a person has active perio and they're in a boat where they need non-surgical periotherapy or SRP, even if we just did this a year ago and their insurance isn't going to cover it, guess what I'm presenting for? SRP. Because at the end of the day, we have the licenses and the diagnostic, like it is our um, obligation to present to the patient what they actually need based on clinical findings, not based on their insurance coverage or lack thereof. So I love that you just segregated those two, because I think that's what the people that we talk to every single day, like it is a struggle for a lot of people to do that, you know, to see the difference in like, okay, this is what I need versus this is what I want versus this is what my insurance will contribute to. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like so many patients see their insurance almost as like this handcuff of what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that you can use the benefits that you have, but you're not cornered by that. Mm -hmm. So yes, obviously let's use your benefits, but there might be some things that insurance doesn't cover, but they don't clearly have your best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. And I love that you are joining us today because I know Brittany is so, so appreciated and obviously really blessed to have you in the practice because when she has a patient who needs treatment, she can take them to you and you can go over that. But I know a lot of our listeners that are listening today do not have an Ashley in their practice. And they are the ones that are sitting there presenting treatment and talking about what the patient's needs are and helping to explain insurance. So your insight today is just going to be amazing for them to kind of help rethink things and just maybe put some new verbiage in place and really help the patient understand what those benefits look like and how to talk about what their true needs are in light of that. So I am super excited to hear what you have for us today. Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, You know, what's, what's really interesting is with insurance, um, if we focus on insurance and we let insurance be the leader of the conversation, we've lost all value with the patient. Um, they've lost value with everything that the um, the provider has just tried to educate the patient on. So when I'm leading into a conversation with a patient about the patient's needs and how we're able to help them, I really try not to focus so much on the insurance-driven questions unless the patient is specifically asking for more information, and then I can shed a little bit more light. Um, what's really interesting is we kind of, like you said, we kind of like get tied down, like kind of handcuffed to the the insurance patients um, with their benefits. And um, when we're having benefit conversations with the patient, it really needs to be value-based off of treatment versus um, how I'm going to be able to help you um, with your insurance benefits. One great thing that Britt and I do a lot of times is we'll show patients uh, the value that they have if they're very insurance-driven. We'll show them, you know, office total cost of treatment 
uh, and then your insurance benefit is going to go ahead and contribute you know, X, Y, and Z amounts. Um, some patients like to see comparison tables. If your software dentistry has the ability to show you your, uh, your normal fee-for-service fee, and then you're able to show them what their insurance um, portion would be if you're an insurance PPO practice contracted with those rates, patients love seeing that differential. Um, most patients will immediately roll into treatment when they get to kind of see that that immediate value. However, we have a lot of patients also in our practice that are out of network. Um, and um, what's interesting is we just let the patients know we're able to file for your reimbursement. We really try not to get so stuck on your insurance is only going to cover two quadrants of dentistry right now. When we when we get into all of the ins and outs and intricacies of how the insurance company is going to pay out, um, the patients hold us accountable for what we're ask, what we're estimating, um, and it kind of takes us away from the values conversation that we've just had. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one or it's one or the other for sure. Yeah, because I think that the more that we, well, the first thing is I think that a lot of times when we're diving that deep into insurance, like I'm sure that there are patients who want all the nitty gritty, all the nooks and crannies and like, okay, what's the difference of $5 that my insurance might or might not cover? Right. Like some people want that, but I think that if we're coming from a place of assuming, <laughs> excuse me, assuming that they want that, that might be wrong. And we might be just wasting a lot of our time and a lot of other people's times because once you've explained the value you know, for me as a patient, if I think about my experience as a patient, if I understand the value of something, I'm like, okay, like, I don't, understand, I don't, I don't care if it's $1,000, $5,000, more or less, like, whatever, I'm just going to find a way to make it work, because I understand that this is what I actually need. So like, I, my brain wouldn't be like, oh, how much is insurance going to cover this? It's something that I need. Like, I'm going to make it work, you know, I'm not going to dive into all the, the nitty gritty little questions. So yeah, I think it's important that we don't um, assume things on behalf of the patient about what they need to know about their insurance coverage. And we, we just did an episode last week um, that hasn't aired yet. Um, but where I said, um, what did I say? It was like along these lines, like over telling the patient, basically if, if the patient gets something or they don't ask specific questions about the insurance, like don't answer it. Maybe they don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. even, even about becoming out of network, like a lot of times, the verbiage that we use either helps them to understand like, Hey, this is fine. This is great. A lot of people do it. It's a very normal thing. This is what we need. Or if you come at it, like we don't take your insurance anymore on an in-network basis. And all they hear is like, we don't take your insurance. Yeah. You know, so a lot of it is about how you say the things you say. Exactly. I kind of want to talk about verbiage for presenting (laughs) care side. Um, Specifically uh, if we're talking about, people not understanding their plan or how their, their specific benefits measure up to maintain or treat their current health or disease status. So let's say you come chair side with one of my patients and you're, and I know that they're insurance driven. So I've gotten your help and you're coming chair side. And I know that they're going to have a million questions for you. Okay. And you're presenting for, let's say four quads of NSPT and perioprotect. Could you give us like an example or like a, a mock of what you would walk in and say, like, hello, I'm Ashley. How are you? This is, you know, Brittany asked me to come in and do this chair side with you. These are the insurance benefits. Well, what could you give us like a run through of what that might look like? or something? Sure. Yeah. So basically uh, we'll just say Mrs. Jones. Um, Hi, Mrs. Jones. I'm Ashley. It's so nice to meet you today. I uh, hope you're enjoying your experience with us. I know Brittany and Dr. Mike sat down and they've reviewed some numbers with you. 
um, when we're talking about these numbers, of course, they're indicators that we, we do need to do a, a deeper cleaning today. Um, so I just want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, I took some time to look over your dental benefits, and I just wanted to take some time just to kind of review with you what you'd be looking at today for us to be able to take care of your, your dental needs. Um, Mrs. Jones, uh, looking at your benefits here, um, I can tell you right now off the bat, uh, you're getting a great discount based off of your, uh, your insurance rates, which is quite amazing. Most patients in our practice locking in, um, they'd be paying about $1,200 for you know, treatment. And I'm seeing right off the bat that with your particular plan, uh, you're getting a, a great discount. On top of that discount, uh, I am seeing that your insurance is going to cover um, an estimated portion of, of that as well. Um, so, Mrs. Jones, for today, uh, you'd be looking about 600 um, in and out. We'll go ahead and get that taken care of for you. How does that sound? Okay. And then, does, and then what would Ms. Jones typically ask, if anything? Um, well, I usually try. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it all depends on the patient, uh, if they're hung up on insurance. If they're very, very hung up on insurance, I'll bring up their insurance benefits um, on the screen for them to actually see the breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, I'll show them, you know, your deductibles applying, your insurance is probably going to cover about 80% of X, Y, and Z said fee. Mm -hmm. um, and your out of pocket is, you know, the 20%. I'll get a little bit more into details based off of if the patient is wanting me to die, you know, asking for more details. Right. Um, but not until then, right? Like you don't just go exactly. in and like start. Doing no, 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 right. no. I really, I want the patient to understand the value. Um, that the hygienist has done. Um, and I just assume, I kind of I guide the patient, like I assume that they're gonna go ahead and move forward with treatment. And I just talk to them as if like, we're moving forward. This is where we're, where we're at. You know, um, how, does that, how does that sound for you? Let's go ahead and get that taken care of for you today. If we're, if we're nodding in agreement with the patient and we're you know, helping guide them and we're just confirming um, everything in a very positive manner, patients, are most likely just going to move straight forward into treatment and you know, you're in and out. It's, it's actually a very quick conversation and a really quick handoff. Um, when it's not so quick is if you're coming in and you're assuming that the patient's very insurance driven and you're assuming they want all of those details up front, um, you can get yourself really into that that back end conversation of Mrs. Joe's asking more questions. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time they're not going to, if you're just, you know, moving straight into the, the dentistry conversation. Got it. One of the questions that I feel like I hear a fair bit is when we talk to our patients about their maximum contribution for the year, oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, they'll say, well, is this normal? This doesn't seem like much. Like, is, is this the best plan for me? Is this, you know, how do you tend to respond to those sorts of questions? So Mrs. Jones, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, Dental insurance was created back in the 70s, you know, late 60s, and nothing has really changed at all in the insurance benefit. Um, it's quite amazing um, that we're still working within that, that, you know, fee schedule. What I can tell you is, fortunately for you, you do have that benefit. Um, it's a $1,500 benefit. Of that benefit, your insurance breaks it out into categories as to what percentage they will pay out for treatment. You know, when you're coming in for your exams, your x-rays, your preventative care, typically that is covered at a higher percentage, 90 to 100% most plans. 
when you're getting into more restorative dentistry type of things, your insurance will cover it more like an 80 to 50%, depending on the procedure. Um, that 1500 um, comes out of that percentage. And that's how it's paid out throughout the calendar year. Uh, each calendar year, your benefit most likely will roll, uh, not roll over and it will start anew uh, the next calendar year. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah. 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 How do you, um, and I think that this is, well, we're heading kind of into commonly asked questions by patients, but I, before we do that, um, some common other issues are like arrest and limitations and SRP frequencies. Um, how does that conversation go? Because a lot of these, like I don't do myself. So like if, if someone had SRP a year ago, they need SRP again, obviously that's what we're going to recommend. Right. Um, and obviously, and obviously we're honoring their insurance rate, but they're just paying those lower insurance, um, dictated fees in mm-hmm. full instead of our UCR fees. So how would that conversation go? Like, let's say I did NSPT on Miss Jones a year ago. She hasn't been back in a year. So her perio is active. She hasn't been doing her home care. She just went away or COVID or whatever happened. She's SRP again. So like you come in, I have a rest in, in the treatment plan. I have four quads of SRP and it's just there, there's no coverage because of frequency. What would your verbiage look like or sound like for a situation like that? Um, that is where the um, comparison fee t- uh, for service p- uh, table comes into play as a really great tactic to kind of mm-hmm. guide that, that conversation because the patient is still getting that benefit. So you still want to play on the benefit factor for these patients because, again, we don't want to have that negative kind of conversation. Your insurance isn't going to cover this right. again. Right. It's, um, you know, Mrs. Jones, it's, uh, we, we, we took care of this for you last year. Um, not quite sure what happened. We haven't seen you um, in some time. Britt's going to get you all settled again. We're going to go ahead and take care of that deeper cleaning for you today or whatever verbiage, NSPT, whatever verbiage it is that you're saying with your practice. Um, I do want to let you know, I did take a look at your insurance benefits Um, for you for today. um, Looking at your plan, um, it's not going to be what our normal fee would be. We're going to go ahead and honor your your discounted insurance rate, Mrs. Jones. Um, How does that sound for you Um, today? If you need to make some payment arrangements, I'm happy to work that out for you. I just know that you're here now today in the chair. Um, I've got Brittany here on standby, ready to come in to take care of these, this time, your needs for you. Um, let me know what I can do to help you. Um, I'm here for you. Um, do you feel like you need um, some time with me where we could work out a payment arrangement, Mrs. Jones? Or do you think that you understand the value and you're ready to go ahead and move forward? Let the pause, let the patient talk, you know? So you Um, don't even bring up, you don't even throw that in there like, hey, you're not eligible because that opens up a whole can of worms and like a whole other discussion that is not completely necessary. Like, because you're you're showing them exactly what it is. You're showing them the UCR versus their Mm -hmm. contracted insurance fees, right? And Mm -hmm. and you're just showing them down. Exactly. And just saying, you know, this would be $1,200 or with the rest in $1,500 or something. Um, But with your insurance and network, it's going to be 700. So we're going to honor these fees. You'd be responsible for the full amount of $700, which is still, you know, a discount mm-hmm. on those lower fees kind of thing. And then, then if they ask a question, then yes, you dive into frequency, them. like, like if it's a, well, why last time was it $300? You know, if they remember what they paid the year before or something like that, then you would dive into that. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Um, but also being empathetic to them as well and letting them know that you are here for them and you're, you know, 
have some flexibility within your practice to know if you have the ability to work out a payment arrangement for a patient, um, know going in um, that you have the authority to do that as well. Um, what's not so nice for patients is if you have to go as a treatment coordinator and you have to leave the room and you have to go and get permission to work out a payment arrangement for a patient, um, it, it just kind of starts that whole like kind of negative condensation kind of thing again um, with patients. So just for patients in that particular situation, you just, you want to keep having that values conversation. You just want to be empathetic, be ready to work out whatever payment arrangement it is that you need for those patients, and then just move straight into treatment. So and it sounds like constantly when you're having these conversations, you're constantly in a state in your brain of like, how are we going to make this work? Because it's going right. to work. You're like, it's happening. You're not like, yeah. oh, these are all the reasons why this isn't going to happen and why the patient's going to say no. And like, these are all the barriers in my way. Because I think right. it's easy for us to go there in our heads too, especially in, a, in the hygiene realm where like time is like, we're just trying to move. And we're like, oh my God, it's going to be such a long conversation and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And this is going to, insurance is going to be in our way. But you're coming from a place of this is going to work. We're going to figure out how we can make it work. We're just having a conversation about how we can work so that Brittany can get done whatever she needs to get done today. Right. And that's how you're entering. And I think that that's a really important point to make and a really important thing for people to kind of hear and remember, because so many times I think we're just filled with fear. We're afraid of how, how many different factors are there that are going to contribute to the potential of this not working out or the patient saying no, or the patient not understanding. There's right. always those variables. There's always the variable of that patient and what they want and what they think they want, what they think they need, what they, whatever's most important to them that day, they do have a right to make the decision, but you're going into it like, Hey, here's the problem. Brittany has explained how we're going to fix this problem for you. This is how I'm going to help you fix this problem. Like, let's get going. What, what, and what questions do you have? Right. You know, we're just leaving it there. Exactly. I always, I always pause and I let, um, I just assume that we're moving forward with treatment, but I pause and I try to just sometimes within that silence, um, patients have a moment to just kind of digest what, what I just said, but I'm also don't, want to over talk because sometimes when we're talking, we almost talk ourselves right back out of treatment with yeah. patients um, by giving too much information It can become kind of like a very overwhelming kind of a, you know, yeah. um, you yeah. can definitely unsell the treatment. Yes. Yeah. That happens with a lot of new, uh, new providers. It's like, they feel like they have to continue explaining like someone's already enrolled and they've already said yes. And then they feel like they have to continue but I didn't give you all the details that like, I think are necessary for you to move forward. So I, I have to tell you this, even though you're already saying yes. And then like, I'm done. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, a we great, this, that's a great skill. Yeah. We have the same, same issue. We talk about the same thing when we're educating the patient on the treatment itself, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of over talk and as providers, we get uncomfortable with the silence. So, you know, we feel like we got to explain more because they're not saying anything, but yeah, I think that silence is, is golden. Hey, Bulletproof Hygiene listeners, we have some big, exciting news. We are proud to announce that our 2022 Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee, June 3rd and 4th. Come join us for a weekend of growth, learning, and collaboration. We'll be taking deep dives into team culture, leadership, hygiene systems, and patient care and education that bring fulfillment, career success, and practice profitability. This course has the potential to change the trajectory of your career and help you practice at the top of your game. If you missed us in 2021, trust us, you don't wanna miss this. 
Visit BulletproofSummit.com to get all the details and observe your spot. We can't wait to see you there. Another question about common problems that we see, um, and I think we all run into this, where a patient will have a balance on their account from a previous service where we might have estimated insurance would cover a certain amount and that didn't happen. How do you, what are, what's some of the verbiage that you use in those instances? I, I always let the patient um, know, um, Mrs. Jones, I see here, um, we went ahead and filed everything to your insurance. I'm looking at the explanation of benefits and I see that your insurance company um, downgraded or downcoded um, some of our restorative fillings that we did. Um, it's unfortunate when this happens, but uh, you know, Mrs. Jones, we do need to go ahead and take care of that balance uh, today while you're here. Um, if that's not something that you're prepared for today, I'm happy to, to make you know, work out an arrangement for you. Um, I know uh, this might come as a shock, but insurances aren't always on our side and covering things uh, fully. We do our best to estimate all of these benefits for our patients. There are times um, that sometimes our estimates uh, weren't able to predict uh, the ins and outs of um, how your insurance company chooses to code out some um, things. So um, let me know what I can do to help you if you're okay and comfortable, I'd like to go ahead and just settle that balance for you today. Can we go ahead and do that? Perfect. I love it. I love it. One of the things I want to say, and I know you're, you're, you'll get to this at some point, but one of the most important verbiage sentences I think is to use, this is an estimation. Exactly. Yeah. Because I've had that, I learned that early in my career, you know, I'd say, oh, insurance is going to cover 80% of that. And then the patient comes back and they, they covered 50%. They hold you to it. They hold you to it. So Mrs. Jones, you know, estimated your estimated portion here for today, from what we're able to see your estimated benefits about $60 copay. Um, We're still going to file to your insurance. If your insurance, you know, pays um, that, uh, you know, whatever the amount is, you know, right. uh, great. Um, but if not, we can go ahead and balance bill at the end. So, um, so you, always give, them, you give them, you put that in their brain, like there's a possibility yes. that this isn't going to go as planned. So yeah. we'll do our best to get, get it to that. It's this way, like as it appears on the paper that we have in front of us or on right. the breakdown that we have on the screen. And it, and it appears as though you'll be responsible for $60 in right. the worst case scenario that you're responsible for more, or we got a misestimation from your insurance or your insurance needs more information or downgrade something, then we'll, we'll bill you on the back end. But then they're right. aware that that's a possibility. Exactly. Exactly. It's great to set that stage because, um, patients will hold you too. if you're saying your, um, your copay is 100. Like if you're saying it very matter of fact, that this is their copay, they're going to hold you to it. Well, you said Mm -hmm. my portion was only, um, $60. Why, why am I being billed for another 30? I don't understand, you know, when that bill comes back. So it's great to just get that little, you know, that little, it's an estimation. We're going to do our best to file and to maximize that benefit for you, Mrs. Jones. Um, I can let you know, there are times that sometimes our estimates might be off of, by a couple of dollars. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll balance bill at the end, but I just want to let you know, you know, we're doing our best to work within the parameters of the information your insurance is able to provide to us. Yeah. I think this is a really important time to bring up like the difference between under collecting and over collecting and how that feels to the patient. Because mm-hmm. if like 
we are suspicious based on past experiences with this particular insurance company or this particular patient or something, you know, something about the situation that we have encountered in the past that makes us like, okay, it says it's going to cover a rest in 50%, but last time it didn't because it hadn't been three and a half years and two days and five hours since the last arrest in. So um, it didn't cover it at all. And the patient had a huge balance. Like in those situations, it is always better to quote unquote over collect or AKA collect the worst case scenario because it's such a different experience when a patient comes back and has a credit on their account instead of a balance. And, and you're yeah, almost it's like a so much less, when you have credit. It's so much less work on the back end too, because now no one has to send a letter. No one has to call the patient. No one has to collect the balance. Like no one, it just becomes this like much less stressful, much more mm-hmm. peaceful. It's a, it's a positive experience instead of a negative experience of like, oh, I went, oh yeah, I only had to pay $50 that time. But then like, they have this thing like hovering over them. Like, like think of like when you have a bill, yeah. like it just doesn't feel good to yeah. have like a yeah. bill that you owe. Like, let me just pay it to yeah. get it off the, you know, check it off kind of thing. And then and then it's not like a resentful feeling about the practice. It's like, a, okay, I was surprised. I had surprise money on my account. That's, that's yeah. a happy coincidence, you know, kind of thing. So it's always better when, when in doubt to collect the worst case scenario and let the patient know that like, it's highly unlikely that your insurance is going to cover the arresting that we're doing today because of frequency or because of whatever the reason is, or they didn't cover the last time. We know that we, you needed the arresting today. So I'm going to collect and pull for $350 or whatever. Um, and then, you know, best case scenario is they surprise us and they do cover something that we didn't anticipate. And then next time you'll have a credit on your account. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, also in terms of collections, um, with patients, um, Another good tip for coordinators, if you're, you have coordinators in your office and you have the ability to do um, payments chair side, I find that patients prefer if you're signing consents and you're doing everything chair side, go mm-hmm. ahead and collect that copay before that provider sits down. This way, money is out, like no longer um, a, a, a question yeah. of what the patient's paying. And now the provider can just literally do uh, their services and the patients leave on a high note. They're not leaving on uh, a note of what they just paid. Right. They're leaving on that, that experience factor of what the hygienist uh, or doctor was able to perform for them. I know that's not an insurance question, but that is um, from a patient uh, experience perspective, I'm noticing patients prefer to get, if you get that out of the way, they're leaving on a high note as well. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a really good experiential yeah. point. And I, I like that too, because then it's like, they know they're not going to get a surprise jump in the number at the end. Like they're not waiting for like, Oh, sticker shock, you know, like everything's Mm -hmm. presented. We're just going to go ahead and collect right up front here. And then you just sit back, relax, get on your nitrous, like get on your, you know, your AirPods or whatever and do your thing and we'll do our thing. And then you can leave and we'll say bye and have high five in the day of no more COVID. And then, um, and yeah, they leave on a good note. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in regards to questions that, um, patients might ask. So I know that a lot of patients, especially when we're doing any switch from into out of network. So like for instance, Delta Dental, you know, that was a big one for us. Delta Dental, I think we yeah. had about 40% of our patients had Delta Dental on an in-network basis. And like three of our doctors were contracted and network providers with Delta Dental. We decided to go out of network and we were, you know, hesitant to see like, what would that mean? We just didn't know what the potential that might look like. 
Um, so we sent out letters that said, hey, you know, these providers are, are, are still working with Delta Dental just on an out-of-network basis, which is an indirect relationship with your insurance company. So um, we have a relationship with them only through you. You have the direct relationship with them. And so what that means is you pay cash at each visit, and then we file for your reimbursement. They send that reimbursement directly to you. So everything is helping, happening in an indirect kind of way. That's the only real difference. Right. Um, um, but you know, those situations kind of bring up questions for patients like, you know, should I even have dental insurance? Is it worth it? Because when they start paying the UCR fee versus their copay for a in-network insurance fee, it can, it can seem like a lot more to them depending on what their needs are. So how do you answer the question? Like, should I even have dental insurance? Is it worth it? That's a great question. And honestly, um, I'm very honest with patients. Mm -hmm. Uh, I let them know, that dental insurance, of course, um, is a benefit if you have group, if you have the ability to have group insurance. And, um, if you, um, have that, what am I trying to say here? Um, patients who have dental insurance basically do have that, that discount, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that copay. Oh my goodness, guys. <laughs> I'm like, my brain, my brain gets scrambled, scrambled too. It's okay. <laughs> Let me have my coconut water first. Hold all on. All good. All good. Okay. Patients who um, basically uh, have insurance who are out of network, we just let them know that um, we're going to do everything that we can to file for their reimbursement. We do all the claim filing for them electronically. We have the ability to do that. We take that headache away from the patient. Uh, we're going to file for their direct reimbursement. The assignment of benefits, we're going to apply for that reimbursement to come to the patient. If a patient's asking whether or not um, having insurance um, is going to be of value to them, I put the question back on the patient. Well, what is it that you're, you're paying out monthly or yearly for this plan, uh, Mrs. Jones? Because right now you're only getting about $1,500 back. Um, can you tell me um, what is it that you're actually paying out monthly for that, for that benefit? Um, is it something you're getting through your employer and that they're supplying for you? If they are, then that's a great benefit for you to have. And we can continue to, to maximize those benefits for you. Um, but if you're paying out more or about what that benefit that you're receiving back from your insurance, it's probably not weighing out well for you. Um, now, a lot of practices within, I mean, our practice has its own kind of, not insurance, but um, like a plan for patients where they can get their, it's a membership plan. Yeah. They get the cleanings, they get their exams, they get their, their x-rays um, for whatever that monthly benefit is, uh, monthly payment. Uh, that's a great segue to have with patients who are thinking about whether or not they should have that insurance benefit. Mm -hmm. um, they can kind of cross-reference with whatever in-office plan that you have that might work more better for them on an internal basis. Um, and I just, I put the question back on the patient. So the patient has that ability to kind of process mm -hmm. uh, where I'm just kind of taking it off of, off of us as a practice. Yeah. yeah. One thing, one thing I'll say too, cause I've had some patients who are, you know, quitting, you know, they're retiring from their job and now they're looking at getting, you know, just private insurance. And they ask me, Hey, do you know of a great plan I could get? And like you said, I'm honest with my patients too. And I, you know, I'll say, honestly, I have not seen any truly beneficial private plans out there. Um, 
based on what you're saying, but by the time you look at the benefit you're receiving versus the monthly premium you're paying, you know, it's not giving you much. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is a lot of these plans will put in a 12 month waiting period. And, and I get it. It's smart for the company because they don't want you to buy their insurance, get your work done and then drop them. So, you know, there's that aspect you have to look at as well. There are just so many factors that patients don't know in looking at what these plans are, you know, what the frequencies are and what the, what the percentage of coverage for services is and what's their limitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I tell my patients those things too. Typically um, if they are, you know, asking me, is dental insurance worth it? I'm like, it depends on what you need. Right. It depends on what you need. If you're a hundred percent in maintenance, like, yeah, maybe potentially it's a good thing for you to have um, dental insurance, but like, Honestly, for either reason, though, it, it depends on the patient, I guess. I'm just trying to think of like how I've had this conversation with people before. I'm like, it's good if you need like one crown. It's not good if you need a mouthful of crowns. It's not going right. to make any different difference right. for you. You know, if you need a full right. mouth rehab or something, or if you need perio surgery, it's fine if you need scaling root planing, but it's not going to help you for bigger surgical things. So it depends on what the patient's needs are. And I'll talk to them about that. And then I'll talk to them, like Ash said, about like, okay, what's your monthly payment versus your annual payout from the insurance company? And is it worth that? And most of the time, the answer is no. You know, a lot of the times- Most of the time, the answer is no. Huh? Most of the time, the answer is no. Yeah, most of the time, honestly, if you do the Mm -hmm. math and I I leave it up to them, like, hey, do you want to be- in network, have these limitations, know that you need this treatment anyway, and that you're going to have to come $10,000 out of pocket this year, you know, after your insurance covers that first $1,500 and you're continuing to pay on your monthly payment toward that. In addition to the $10,000 that you're going to pay for your treatment. So it really is, it becomes like a pros and cons type of thing and, and how excessive are your needs and what kind of plan do you have? And that sort of thing. Like to, to me, dental insurance is, is rarely, is rarely worth it. And, and a lot of times an alternative would be, I would talk about our, our membership plan. We call it clear at the Spodak dental group, or it's the clear Spodak plan. And it's, you can pay monthly to have coverage for either four period maintenance a year with all your radiographs and your exams covered, and then a discount on dentistry. So like a 10% or 15% discount on dentistry. And then you can, you know, sign up for another plan, the profi plan, which is two profis per year, depending on health status, obviously, and the same thing, just the basics are covered, the diagnostics are covered, and you have the promise of a discount on your dentistry. Might be the best sweet spot, you know, in the middle, but in the grand scheme of things, that also doesn't make like a whole lot of difference. So I think in regards to dental, it's completely whatever makes someone feel happiest, because that's not very much to, to go off of, you know? Yeah. Um, when someone asks, like, what? Okay, so we kind of answered that already. Mm-hmm. Verbiage to use. So maybe let's go into verbiage to use regarding discussing discussing insurance benefits, um, like things to say and things not to say to patients chairside, because I know that there are ways to kind of navigate these conversations to where the patient, like you said, not saying, oh, yes, you'll owe $60. Um, the $60 estimate is your copay and we'll bill on the back end if that becomes necessary. Like what other verbiage like that can we use to make sure that we're relaying to the patient that this is a benefit, it's not promised to them. And that mm-hmm. is one of the ways that I do this is I tell the patient, you know, the insurance company is a business. At the end of the day, they have to make more money than they are contributing to your care because that's how they stay open. They're a business. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's not, they're not here looking at you clinically and making diagnostic determinations about what's best and healthiest for you. They're just saying yes and no, depending on like 
numbers things and like what's you know what can they afford to pay out and you know what can they fight type of thing I hate to say it like in such a negative like way but that's kind of the truth so I kind of make it like insurance isn't necessarily your friend it's just something that we want to use on your behalf as much as we can to your benefit right Um, and I I think too I, I like to explain to patients you know insurance really takes the cookie cutter approach Mm-hmm. And they give every single person the same benefit. Mm-hmm. And you are not every single person. You come with all of your own uniqueness of your medical history, you know, issues, your mm-hmm. systemic issues, your dental history, what your goals are for yourself. So we want to use the benefit that they offer, but they're not really looking at you like we are in the chair and knowing what your needs truly are. So we don't, we don't want to treat you with that cookie cutter approach. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, you know, when you're having health history conversations with patients, um, you're showing the patient that you're actually here for them, like you, you care for them, and you're kind of taking um, your power back as a provider. Um, as far as being able to have those conversations with patients and kind of deviate away from um, what the insurance company is only going to pay or only going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's very powerful. Um, you know, that, that entire approach that you just said, Teresa. Um, oh, I want to ask a question about over the phone. Like when a new patient calls us, <clears throat> I know that we have a specific script that we use, but I know that like prioritizing insurance and the way that we utilize insurance comes into play. And we kind of give them a first impression of the way that that works in that first phone call. It's something like, you know, thank you for calling this product dental group. Um, what inspired you to call us today? You know, get some basic information. And then is there an insurance benefit that you would like to use? Like we kind of make it one of the last things, you know, yes. it's, it's like, it's like very much not the forefront. And we just explain, um, and then we explain like what the worst case scenario number would be for the day that they come in for their eval with the hygienist and their diagnostics initially and whatever, and then say, is there an insurance benefit that you would like us to use that day? And then, and then, you know, verify and usually get back to them. Like, Hey, if you're out of network, we just say, Hey, Hey, we work with this insurance. We're out of network. That just means that you would pay cash for the worst case scenario, which is at 258 for the day. We'll still file on your behalf, but you can expect something, you know, in the mail in the next couple of weeks. It's definitely not going to be a hundred percent, but it's going to be whatever your insurance would have paid toward this procedure anyway. But how, how does that actually go? Because I just know kind of the gist of it, but how does that go in regards to setting the patient up to understand, like, listen, we're not prioritizing your insurance. We're prioritizing you and your, your actual dental needs. So let's go through a script. Um, Hi, Mrs. Jones. Um, Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to, to us today. My name's Ashley. Um, just so happy to welcome you to our practice. May I ask, um, how did you hear about us? I- I'm just curious. Start with the referral pro- pro- uh, process first with patients. Patients, get curious with your patients and um, just turn the conversation that you're really interested in how they approached our practice. You're establishing now that you uh, have a value and you really truly care about that, that individual. Once they uh, initiate uh, how they've been referred, um, hopefully it's word of mouth. We love word of mouth referrals. Um, you can say, Mrs. Jones, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy that Mrs. Smith referred you to our office. She absolutely loves uh, Dr. Paisner. Dr. Paisner is an amazing dentist. You know what? Um, 
I'd like to know, is there something that inspired you to actually call us today? Is there something going on more specifically that you'd like to have addressed? Or are you just wanting to come in and, and be established? Again, we're having a values-based conversation with patients. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about insurance yet. We haven't mentioned money at all. So the patients are now learning. We're training them that we, are, we care about you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Jones, um, new patient visits in our office are, are about 90 minutes. I just want to make sure that we're, we're careful of your time. Do you usually prefer mornings or afternoons if we were to stamp out something for you? I'd love to reserve something for you this week, if at all possible. Um, can you tell me what, what time frames work best for you? Again, we're having a values-based conversation with patients. We're not even bringing up insurance yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the patients uh, are learning that we actually really, truly, truly care. Um, Mrs. Jones, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, place you in with uh, uh, Teresa. She's going to go ahead and uh, take care of you for 9 a.m. Please take some time to go ahead and fill out your medical history. She's going to take the time to go in depth and review all of this with you. Uh, But if you have a moment, it's great to go ahead and fill it out prior to your appointment with us. Um, that new patient visit that I'm scheduling you for, it's, it's 279. And just so you know, that's going to include all of your x-rays, your exam, your dental cleaning, your oral cancer screening. Um, how does that sound for you? The patient at that point will tell you <laughs> once they've heard that final number that you've done at the end of the conversation. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have, I have some uh, dental insurance. Oh, Mrs. Jones, you have dental insurance. Okay. Well, what particular plan is it that you would like us to assist you with? So again, we're assisting them with their dental um, insurance, and now it's an assistance plan. It's not, we're, we're setting the stage, and verbiage is, is key, verbiage is everything. The patients will let you know specifically at that moment if they want to be in network, and I think a lot of practices um, segue at the beginning of the conversation with insurance and they let the insurance be the leader and driving the bus. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're hogtied to that, that in-network contracted rate with patients versus maybe having the ability to proposition yourself to be um, a little bit more fee for service. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. I love that. And I've had, as a patient calling into practices, I mean, it is not like 10 seconds into the conversation. Anytime I call a new doctor's office, any new medical facility as a patient, it's like, what insurance do you have? They're, they're already from the front end making the determination as to whether or not I can be a patient there based on my insurance. They're making a decision for me. Yep. Like that no one has ever had a conversation with me like, oh no, we're out of network with that insurance. Would you still like to be seen? It's, oh, we don't take that insurance. So bye you know, kind of thing. And and it's just so crazy to me because then like, I don't have the option, but what if I really wanted to see that provider? What if, what if Mm -hmm. money's no object to me? Or, you know, I understand the value already. I've heard from nine of my friends how great Spodak is. And I just want to move forward. You know, like if we set them up like that, of course, they're going to say no. And of course they're going to not come and whatever, but like, yeah, you have said, I love what you said at the end about um, insurance. I can assist you with that. So it's your relationship with your insurance company, but I can assist you with that. Right. So, so it kind of like explains to the patient because a lot of people are confused about this. Like it's not my role to understand all the ins and outs and the ups and downs of your insurance specifications. Like it's actually your role to do that. And then you tell me how you would like to apply any of what you have, any of those benefits over there, you know, cause we've got our diagnostics over here and we've got what you actually need in your assessment in our hand. And this is what we're going to do for you. How would you like to then try and make that work with your insurance? Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then, and then if it's like, okay, so let's say at the end and you ask them that it's an out of network plan. So what Mm -hmm. would the conversation look like moving forward with that? Um, If a patient uh, is telling me that they have some out of network benefits, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Jones, that's great. But you know, um, you've got some insurance that we'll be assisting you with. We'll do everything that we can to try to maximize that those plan benefits that you have. Um, If you'll just provide me with that information uh, throughout each visit that you're here, we'll go ahead and do a courtesy claim filing for you. We'll do everything as a courtesy for you on our behalf to file electronically. Uh, Our system is set up to be able to do that for you. Please know that we'll be filing for your direct reimbursement. So your insurance company will actually be communicating with you directly um, when it comes time to paying uh, that estimation of benefit. If for some reason, since we're filing for your benefit, that you don't receive any information back from your insurance, please give me a call back um, so I can see uh, if we can go ahead and refile for you or whatever, you know, may be going on with your particular uh, plan. But since we are filing for your reimbursement, your insurance will be communicating with you directly. Again, letting the patient know that that's their relationship with, with the insurance company and that we're just assisting them with the claim filing, but we're doing it as a courtesy to them. Love it. Yeah. And, and there's, there have been a few instances, I want to kind of circle back to this, where when we did have the instance of going out of network with Delta Dental, that was a lot of patients at once coming in and having received a letter and having received an email, you know, in advance that, hey, we are still participating with this insurance company. We are now on an out of network basis. What this may mean for you is that you pay cash for your visits, we reimburse, and they directly reimburse you, you know, to your house, they'll send it via mail kind of thing. So they get that letter of what that meant. So we kind of set them up for success and set ourselves up for success by sending that ahead of time. And we knew that we were heading out of network. Mm-hmm. And then when the patient comes in, that kind of already softened the blow or at least set them up for an expectation that this experience is going to be a little different today. So a lot of times they'll come in, they'll sit in my chair, like, so I got a letter and they'll say, so I got a letter, you know, from your office about my Delta dental. And um, they said that I'm out of network. So can I, can I still come here? You know, and there, and there's still some confusion because a lot of times I think that when they are out of network somewhere, that's the way that other medical offices have talked to them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you can't. No, you don't want to be here. They're telling them what they want versus, yeah, what your options are. Um, I, I just told them the difference between being in and out of network. In, in network is we have a direct relationship with your insurance company. Um, yeah. Out of network is we have an indirect in- relationship with your insurance company. You're basically the mediator, you know? So mm-hmm. we will collect in full. It means that you'll pay cash for the services that you receive. We'll still submit to your insurance company on your behalf and they will send you payment directly. Are you okay with that? I mean, today's going to be 258. Is that okay with you? And they're usually like, oh yeah, I'm going to get something back from my insurance. And I, and I tell them I'm very like mm-hmm. gray about it because I don't want to make promises. I tell them, yes, it's typically not a hundred percent. I've seen them cover as little as nothing and as much as 80%, you know, so, and it's going to be whatever they would have covered on those insurance rates. So it's not going to be the percentage of our UCR fees. It's going to be based on the insurance rate. So it's going to be a smaller amount than you're used to receiving. And honestly, usually once people understand the value of our practice, they're established with us, they're established with what we're doing. They, they love our work. They have built rapport over months or years or whatever. They're like, okay, perfectly fine. They already get the value and they're just like, oh, money is just a detail. It's not a big deal. Like it's a, it's a detail. I'm getting the care that I need. No big deal. Yep. Awesome. Thoughts? I love all of this. I think, you know, I mean, seriously, like when we opened up and said, I mean, I think all of our listeners can, you know, empathize. We're all in the same boat that insurance is, is kind of the necessary evil that we've got to navigate every day. And it is a benefit to our patients. Um, 
it's not everything like some of them <laughs> think it is. And it's just using the right verbiage and using the right tac- tactics and coming with empathy and sympathy as to what's going on and just helping make it work. I, I loved what Ashley said about that. How do we make this work for you? And, and that has to be our mindset and our mentality with anything that we're doing within the practice. Mm-hmm. So I think this has been super helpful. I'm really, really appreciative of your time and expertise and sharing that with us. I know it's going to be helpful to our listeners. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. You know, I have actually a thought that I want to share before we wrap this up. Um, I want to just briefly talk about in-network insurance plans too. Like when we do accept um, a patient's insurance on an in-network basis, I've encountered a lot of patients who have come from other practices where they walked out and paid $0, right? So they paid $0. And the reason could be, you know, they were getting a preventive service versus a treatment. They didn't get fluoride. They didn't get nitrous. They didn't get desensitizers, whatever. But I think some patients come in with the mentality of like, oh, I have insurance. Everything's going to be covered. Like I shouldn't have to pay anything which is just absolutely untrue. And for some reason in dentistry, I don't, I don't know why in our brains this, this is kind of confusing because if I go to a medical office, I expect to pay a copay every single time. And it right. tells me on my insurance card, like $50 for a, you know, in, a, a, a PCP and 75 for a specialist. It tells me what my copayment is, but for some reason in, dentist, in dentistry, we've gotten this wrong um, or not even wrong, but just there's this expectation that if you're in network, everything's going to be covered at hundred percent. So I think it's good to start those conversations early on too. If a person is insisting on being in network, that that doesn't mean that all services are going to be covered at hundred percent. So do you, Ash, like mm-hmm. what's the easiest way to kind of set someone up for that expectation? Like I know on my end in regards to hygiene, like if I make a hygiene treatment plan and present chair side or get someone to help me present chair side, Mm-hmm. What is the best way to navigate that conversation of like this person who's in network and still owes a copay and, and like, kind of like normalizing that. And mm-hmm. you know, part of it is training the patient to expect you will owe money out of pocket at each visit. Like that way, there's not a surprise. They're not like, why am I owing this $50? Or like, why I've never paid this $50 before. Like, I think it's a healthy thing just for them to expect to, to owe a copay. Yeah. Um, I try not to compare what with patients, I'll tell them, you know, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, I wasn't at that other office that you were, um, you were working with previous. So I'm not quite sure how they were handling their insurance, um, practices, Mm -hmm. um, in office. I can tell you in our office, um, your insurance does state that you do have a copay for these types of services that we're providing for you today. Um, Sometimes we like to do fluoride for our patients. It helps with sensitivity. I give them the, the benefit of what, of if there is a copay for say fluoride varnish, mm-hmm. um, give them the benefit of, um, the value of why you're applying it. Um, and then just tell them on your particular plan, you know, uh, fluoride just not covered over the age of 13. Um, I'm sorry that your insurance just doesn't see that value. We see that value for you. Um, we, we understand the benefit that you're going to be receiving, um, for this fluoride varnish is it's going to actually help desensitize or whatever it is that you're saying, but again, have that values-based conversation with the patient Mm -hmm. and then just let them know, um, you know, what that copay would be. Um, I love that sentence. I love that sentence that you just said. I'm sorry that your insurance doesn't see this value for you, but we really do understand it and, and Mm -hmm. want that, want the best for you. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting how we can like really um, 
make assumptions about patients who are insurance driven also, because a lot of people are just detail oriented people and just want all the details, but that's not necessarily a barrier for them. Like, so they want to hear like, what will my insurance cover and why I want to cover this and why I want to cover that. But some of those patients have been my ones who have paid the most out of pocket over time. Like they have paid for perio protect. They have paid for scaling your plane. They have paid to go have surgery with the periodontist. You know, I have a patient like that who is a very agreeable patient who from the beginning is how much is Orkix? How much is my period maintenance? How much is my copay for this? How much is fluoride? How often do I need fluoride? But has done every single thing that has ever been recommended to her. So she has had perio surgery, osseous surgery, right. grafting, um, scaling and replaning, perio protect, you know, follow-up procedures, um, all kinds of stuff. She says yes to every single thing, every restorative thing. She just wants to understand ahead of time what it likely will cost her. And, but it's not even like a trust thing for her. It's just like, she's detailed. She, she wants the details, you know? So I think sometimes when people start asking those questions, do we automatically see it as a barrier? Sometimes people just want to know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, also another thing that I like to say, um, for things that might not be covered with patients, Mm -hmm. I'll say, well, your insurance value looks at that as a very elective service. Mm -hmm. Um, I like saying elective because it just kind of puts that back into the mind frame of the patient that the insurance company is understanding that that's something that you want, but it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily that they're going to cover or pay. Right. Yeah. And I think of things like fluoride is a great example of this. Like when I'm applying fluoride on a patient for the first time, um, you know, talking about the benefit and then talking about the cost, and then on the back end, letting them know this isn't something typically covered by insurance, just like you just said. So yeah, Ms. Smith, I, I normalize it first. So I know Smith, I know this is the first time I'm seeing you, even if they saw a different hygienist eight times and I see that they declined fluoride, I'm still going to ask about fluoride and why are you declining it? And what's, you know, what is, what is your thought or belief about fluoride? Hi, Mrs. Smith. Uh, you know, we've cleaned everything up now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I typically, no, I, I say I typically at the end of a hygiene appointment, apply a fluoride varnish to reduce your risk for decay and to minimize any sensitivity on your teeth. Is this something that you've had before, whether I can see that they have or hadn't? And, and if they say, yeah, I had it 10 years ago, um, this gives them an opportunity to tell me maybe why not, right? So yeah, I had it 10 years ago and it gave me a stomachache or I just didn't like the flavor or I had no idea that I could get fluoride varnish. I thought that was just for kids. You know, it just opens up a dialogue about like, okay, why is it really that this has been a pattern for this person? Maybe they just didn't know. And a lot of times it's what it is. So I'll say, yeah, these are the areas and I'll make it very specific to them. You know, like you have this exposed root here, the root surface was covered by something called cementum. That's a lot less mineralized than the crown of your tooth. It's not as insulated as the crown of your tooth. And it's really highly likely to get a cavity at some point if we aren't putting fluoride on this frequently at every hygiene visit, you know, and I just show them the specific reasons and I, you know, we'll bring in whatever the chief complaint was. If they said that they had sensitivity, you know, it's also a desensitizer. So it'll help on this area. I'll make sure to really lather it on here. And then we'll get you some, you know, fluoridated toothpaste over the counter, prescription toothpaste, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of um, uh, like help reinforce this basically. And just explaining that and how specific it is to them. And then saying it's about $30 if you have absolutely no insurance coverage. Is that okay with you? Like, and they're usually like, yeah, that's fine. If they ask like, oh, why doesn't my insurance cover it? I will tell them like, hey, insurance makes up their own rules. It's not based on your health or your clinical needs. You know, they're not the ones looking in your mouth. It's just based on one size fits all approach. Like Shrews was saying earlier. Um, I never, but I never like to treatment plan. I never make the recommendations based on what your insurance will or won't cover. I make them based on what I'm seeing when I'm seeing you here in my chair right now, what your teeth and your gums look like and everything that's going on. 
And then they're like, they're usually like, yeah, sure. $30, no big deal. And then I just given them a ballpark. I, I don't even take the time to open and click the thing and see how much is this going to cost? Because I know it's around $30 and I've let them know could be a little more, could be a little less. I don't care if you don't care. You know, yeah. if, if they're like that worried about it and they want me to I'll go look, but kind of like, I think we overthink it and overdo it sometimes. Like just ask the questions, get curious. Okay. This is what it does. It's about $30. You good with that? You know, and a lot of people will make, will move forward. It's, it's all about like our perception and our attitude and kind of, kind of that, like Ashley was saying earlier, I'm assuming the patient's going to move forward. Right. I'm just talking as though the patient is moving forward. Yep. Yeah. So I think this has been incredibly enlightening. I really appreciated your insight, Ashley, because I know that I, you know, present for some things chair side, but anytime something gets slightly hairy or if I don't, yep. or if I don't understand a past due balance or something's going on, I solicit your help all the time. And I continue to learn from you every day, but this has been incredibly insightful because even a lot of these conversations that you have with our patients, I'm not there to hear because usually as you're presenting in my room, I'm over there doing something else. I'm typing my notes. I'm, you know, setting something up for perioperative. Um, I'm doing something else, like trying to kill two birds with one stone. So I really appreciate this. I've learned so much from you today and I really appreciate your time with us on a weekend. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Does anyone have any finishing thoughts? Anything else that we feel we should add? Any burning desires here? No. I think I'm good. I think she covered it well. I love it. Well, <laughs> I hope uh, I hope our listeners have received a lot of benefit today. Um, if you have any follow up questions, you can always reach out to us on our Mighty Network. Um, just, just download the app and look up Bulletproof Hygiene. It's free to join and uh, hop in and ask some questions. Um, if there's something we can't answer, obviously we know someone who can. So we hope everybody has a great week and we will catch you guys next time. Yes. And please don't forget to look into our Bulletproof Summit coming June of 2022. It's in Nashville. If you need more information, go to bulletproofsummit.com. Uh, early bird tickets are already ready sold out. People are bringing their teams this year. We're, we're going to have three separate tracks kind of running simultaneously. And we're like so uber excited about it. We can't wait to see you guys there. And then if you have a moment to uh, rate our podcast, that helps us immensely. It helps us immensely so that more hygienists like you who are interested in this content can see that we're available. It'll pop up higher on Spotify, higher on Apple Podcasts, and just gives us kind of the advantage of um, more exposure. So if you could... Don't even have to write a review. You can just click that five stars and, and be done. And that can be your rating. And we would super, super appreciate that. Um, and as Teresa said, we hope that you guys have the greatest week. And we hope to see you next week on Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast and at our summit in June. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you. 